Blog Talk Radio. Supernatural news, and I mean, some of it's not news. Some of, some of it's most is a history lesson. But um, yeah, we're just gonna talk for a little bit, talk about ghosts and stuff for as long as I feel like talking. Um, I was gonna have C.R. Zarn on the show with me today, but he is not feeling good, so I'm flying solo tonight, today, tonight, today. Um, hope everyone's having a great day. It is uh, it is Thursday, July 27th. It is National Lipstick Day. For all you fans of lipstick, um, I know this is a big day for you. Oh, shoot. He's right there. I'll go ahead and add. There you go. I thought, I mean, I thought you weren't feeling good. Didn't resist, huh? Oh. Uh. Well, welcome. 
I'm glad you could join me on National Lipstick Day. I know this is a big holiday for you. And, uh, you know, it's uh, hopefully people can take time out of their busy day, big big celebrating day, to um, to chat with us or watch the show on National, National Lipstick Day. Yeah, exactly. It's also, which I don't, I don't have to tell you because you already know this, but it's also Barbie in a Blender Day. Again, huge holiday. I'm surprised uh, people even, you know, bothering going to work today because it's such a big holiday, man. Well, especially since uh, you know the Barbie movie just came out last week and now I wonder if they planned it that way. You know what? Like you know what you know, to have Christmas you know, Christmas holiday movies come out in December. They're like, you know, we should release the Barbie movie in July because that's Barbie Barbie in a blender month. And you know, I cannot go anywhere, you know, without seeing decorations for Barbie in a blender day. And you know, it's getting ridiculous because, you know, you start seeing the stuff, like little blenders with the Barbie heads in them, all, all the way in, like, May. And you're like, oh, my God, seriously? The people, yeah. And it's like people complain about Christmas coming too early. I mean, come on now. It's like you have Easter, and then, boom, they already start putting out Barbie in the blender stuff. They really got to start, you know, facing them out a little bit. I, uh, it was pretty good. You know, I mean, it was, it's one of those things where it's got, it's got a message in it. And, uh, you know, some people think it was, it was very feminist and, and stuff. And, and it, you know, I thought it had a kind of a, you don't want too much of one thing or too much something else. You kind of want it in the middle. And, uh, you know, people who who want to find faults in it will find faults in it. I mean, my, my only thing is it didn't really make sense, but it's, you know, it's a Barbie movie, so I'm not looking to solve world, world problems with it, but it was fun. Oh, yeah, I've seen them all. It's got like a, like a dry sense of humor. And like the jokes are, you know, the jokes are funny, and it's it's not trying to be what it's not, you know. It's a Lego movie, so they're gonna take it's gonna be tongue in cheek type um, like situations. And the funniest part for me, as far as the Barbie movie, was you know Ryan Gosling as Ken. I thought he was he made me laugh out loud a few times with the, with stuff he was he was saying, you know, and uh, taking like the very worst of masculinity and like putting it like up to like a thousand notches, you know? So, and you gotta go into, gotta go into it with a sense of humor. You know, you can't, you can't take it too seriously. It seems like everything has got to be like, Oh, well it's got, it's, this is more left wing or this is more right wing. It's just fun, man. It's just a freaking bar baby to get over it, you know? And, uh, yeah, so it was fun. I had a, uh, I went to uh, Food Lion today after I dropped off RJ, and I was dry, I was walking 
down the aisle. I want you to go get RJ some uh, zero sugar Sprite, right? And I, I passed by this gray bottle, and the gray and one of the gray bottle it said Diet Right on there. And I was I was looking at it, and I'm thinking, I don't know anybody who has ever bought Diet Right before. It just seems to always be there, and it's like. You know, I'm saying people, I guess people do buy it, but it's just, it's just, I don't know. In my head, I'm like, who would buy this diet right? I think, I, I think my aunt may have bought it. I think I've had it, but it is uh, not that good. Yeah, if you're really thirsty, someone has a diet right and it's handed to you and it's cold, you'll drink it. Diet Right Cola. Oh, let's see here. Let's find out. Let's write, let's read the Wikipedia on Diet Right. Uh, Diet Right is an American brand of no-calorie soft drinks that was originally distributed by RC Cola Company. Diet Right was introduced in 1958 and was initially re- released a dietetic, not diabetic, dietetic product as a dietetic product nationwide and marketed to the general public as a healthy beverage in 1962. The original formula was sweetened with cyclamate and saccharin. After cyclamate was banned in 1969, it was removed from the product. NutraSweet brand aspartame was added upon its introduction to the market. Yeah, they, that 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 Kellogg's guy. He wanted to keep people from having sex, so they're like, if you if you follow this regimen, you know, and uh, if you eat boring things, and they would they have these corn cakes, and uh, they would, I guess, the brother ended up breaking up the corn cakes and and adding milk to it, and that became the cereal. The guy was like, oh shoot, I got something here, and it was like, uh, no, this is not what it's meant for. Oh yeah, he stole. He he did some. Uh, yeah, he was like, oh well, let me see this. Okay, I like this idea. I'm gonna go ahead and take this and go do my thing over here. And uh, yeah, that was uh, a little sneaky of him. They uh, see Diet Right is now owned by Keurig and Dr Pepper. You get a Keurig K cup. Let's see if I can find a Diet Right commercial. Oh, let's see here. I'm doing one. Can you hear it okay? Hang on. Let me see. Only half the calories. It's amazing. I used to drink tab. Yeah, that was the Coke back in the day. Actually, it wasn't that long ago. But I think tabs went out of style uh, not too long ago. I bought it like as a, like because my my I know my aunt used to drink tab, 
there would always be a like a like a case of tap at the beach that she would bring with us on our family vacations. But you know, and it would always be there, and I would just kind of pass it by. And then one day I was like, I'm gonna try this old school. It used to, I mean, they used to be like tab drink machines. Like it was tab was the thing back in the day. I mean, I don't know. Maybe with the invention of Coke Zero, which was tab tab was a Coke product. You know, and they have Diet Coke, and they're like, why would we buy Tab if I can get Diet Coke, or if I can just get Coke, or Coke Zero, or whatever? So, um, I guess like the nostalgic in me was like, I gotta get some Tab just to try it. Then, no, exactly. If they did, I think they brought it back, but it wasn't the same. You know, they, they didn't put all the caffeine in it and stuff. You know, like, you can find Surge. You, you, used, to be, you used to be able to find Surge at Burger King. Um, I'm thinking of what other drinks. Like, or clearly Canadian. I guess that's, that's back. They brought, they brought that back. Kick in the can. These have these, uh, what are these, they're, what, they're four logos, I guess they're called. I guess they still have those. Um, that was the energy drink and alcohol mixed together. God, I used to be crazy, man. I used to play beer pong at my house and, and fill up with four loco. That was interesting. Or, like, get a bottle of Steel Reserve. Sometimes I miss those days where you can just fucking drink and not care. Um, there was this thing called there was this this liquor malt liquor called Old English, right? And uh, and there was a a, uh, a derivative of it called Old English Panther. And it was like I would drink it and I would just you know it'd be obliviated. I'd be gone. Gone, gone, gone. Exactly. You know, you sit there and just drink and, you know, mess around on YouTube or whatever. Now, I try drinking a beer, and like halfway through it, I'm peeing every five minutes. So, no, no. And that's the thing. Even when you want to go to sleep, it ain't no stopping. So, you're ready for bed. I'm so tired, and you're like, and you're like, and you're like, oh god, I gotta use the bathroom again. Oh my god, if you want to call it a joy, that's certainly not one of certainly not what I would call it. Um, yeah, it's all gone. I'm like, I want to buy a beer, man. I want to get. He said, I'll go. I'll go for months without drinking. I'm like, well, I have like an urge to drink a beer, so go out. Like, I bought a six pack of Miller Lite the other day, and um, it'll probably sit there in my refrigerator for the next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I like there's a there's a really really high alcohol content in them too. I feel like I've, I think something like uh, like a Sam Adams or you know one of those dark beers like use an IPA or something. I feel I feel like I feel it more, and I, I I'm more of a a light beer 
don't really like the heavy the heavy stuff and and I like getting to the edge of being drunk. I, well, like when I was in college, that's, that's when I would drink the Old English and the Mad Dog 2020 because I was partying and I was in school. You know, but once I got out, it was, you know, had the family and stuff. I would, I would, you know, drink more like PBR, but I'd drink like four or five of them or something like that. Enough just to give me a nice buzz, but never like room spinning, floppy ass drunk. But nowadays, it's like, man, I just really don't feel like, don't see the point. Yeah, yeah. Plus, it's harder to recover when you get when you get when you get older. They, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's tough because when you well, we have kids, you know, and uh, it was easier with when with Rihanna because I was younger and uh, had more stamina, you know. And you know, me and my me and uh, my ex wife Shannon, you know, we were the ones having the parties, like you know, fucking playing beer pong with. Uh, Still reserve, you know, and and uh, you know we would we would go crazy. We'd have silly string wars in our apartment, water gun fights in the. We just go. It was fun, man. You know, and it's just different now. You know, more. I don't say more mature. That that would be a lie. The more tired would probably be the the more uh, accurate description of how I'm feeling right now. You know, so. We uh we were talking about supernatural stuff, I promise. We just kinda go go off on tangents about diet right and uh drinking games. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a, a bottle of diet right and we're gonna start drinking it. Call the do the you know they have the Tide Pod challenges on TikTok, I'm gonna do the diet right challenge. <laughs> you young kids, I'll show you a challenge. I'm gonna drink a bottle of diet right. I mean they should yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dietetic baby. Yes, right, diabetic. And they they have the dumbest challenges on on TikTok. You said one challenge they have where they, 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 they go they go on a boat, right? They go super fast and the challenge is to jump off the boat while it's going really fast. And people are breaking their necks as soon as they hit the water. Yes. What is the challenge to not die? I mean, that's yeah. One 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 guy, thirty two years old, with a family on a boat. And he did it and he killed and he killed him in front of his kids, wife and kids. Yeah, but you know what you and you also know what you're doing. You know. You know, you know how to hit the water, and I'm sure they're, they're just falling out. They're just falling out the boat and hitting the water, breaking their necks. And it's like, why? Because the thing is, I think about these. Like you were talking, we were talking about early, last earlier on the show on Monday. You know, if you do the same thing every everybody else is doing, how are you going to stand out? If everyone does something, like I watched uh, when the Grimace, Grimace shake came out. 
uh, from McDonald's, people were doing the grimace, grimace TikTok trend. Basically, they drink a they drink a, a grimace shake and then they filmed themselves spitting it back up again, like grimace is killing them or something. But there are like 50 million of those videos, and it's like it's always the same thing. So it's like how how are you going to stand out? You know, so if you do something stupid like that, you're you're doing it for what? Maybe a, a hundred views, and and nobody's gonna like that. No one's gonna be like, oh well, ew, thumbs up for that. So that's the sad thing about the world, the world we live in now is that, you know, people are craving to stand out, craving to be different, craving that fame. So they'll do whatever they feel like feel is necessary to get that fame or get that video and it makes them stand out. So they'll get a bunch of followers and they'll have people, you know, they'll get sponsors and they'll get, um, you know, they'll get money that way without really having to do the work. I mean, but the more extreme they get, the better, um, more of a chance they get to, uh, you know, maybe get a sponsor or something. That's really kind of a sad state of affairs. Yeah, that's what I'm doing, making that the ultimate sacrifice and buying a bottle of diet right, because something I have to do. I mean, I mean, somebody somebody has to somebody has to do it. It's probably like a warehouse full of diet right. Nice, you can find a tab. That'd be awesome. You know, diet right. Some kind of it's like some kids. You know how like how they have this conspiracy theory that like mattress stores are like. A front for laundering money. That's what diet right is. It's like some kind of mafia thing. And I shouldn't talk too much about it because I might get I might get off if I if I yeah if I don't show up Tuesday night. You know where I am. I wear my cement shoes. I I I miss with the diet right cartel and uh, you know it went down. Shit went down. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever happened to Ryan? Oh, he's he goes for the wrong people. They should do something. They should do. They should do like what would be a fun challenge? Like do the the do your dishes challenge or clean your room challenge on TikTok. That's hard because nobody wants to do that. The be a good person challenge. Yes, we do. So, uh, I told you I'd find a train story, and we're going to talk about trains. The haunted Churchill Tunnel in Virginia has a bone-chilling history. Tunnels and superstitions seem to go hand in hand. There are many people who feel a sense of foreboding when when entering a tunnel. Hang on one second. I'll be right back. You know what's sad? What I've replaced drinking beer with? I've I've started drinking bubbly flavored water. That's what I've replaced beer with. That's that's. Zero sugar, zero. You got a little bit of flavor to it. Drinking zero sugar diet or zero sugar Coke right now. But I needed something to, to um. I just bought the bubbly from. Uh, food line, 
So I'm trying to get the coal off in the refrigerator, but I know I have some Coke Zero here. So I so I need someone to clear my throat when I'm doing a story. Uh, built in, in the 1870s at the Chesapeake and Ohio Railway Tunnel, this landmark has been associated with tragedy and ruin. Here's more of the haunted Churchill Tunnel, which still exists today, but has been blocked off for safety reasons. So here's a here's a picture of it here. Just, I wonder what that says right there in the middle. I don't know. I can't read it. The railway was motivated to reach Collis P. Huntington's new coal pier in Newport News, which is uh, near the coast. The construction of the tunnel was almost immediately problematic. Workers, workers dealt with blue marl clay, shrink swell soil, which was notorious for shifting during rainfall. Ten lives were lost to cave-ins before the tunnel was even completed. On October 2nd, 1925, the tunnel unexpectedly collapsed as a work train was passing through. Four men were killed and the locomotive was trapped inside the tunnel. 1926, I guess that's what that thing said in the middle of it. Uh, the east end of the tunnel was, can be found north of Williamsburg Road near 31st Street, just below Libby Terrace. While sealing the tunnel ensured that no more trains would be risk of the collapsing structure caved in, cave-ins continued to be an issue. The east entrance, this is where people usually go in right here. They sneak in. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it, it didn't get farther in, but it's still sealed off. So, the Virginia Historical Society has expressed interest in recovering the train from the enclosed tunnel. However, there are concerns that doing so might cause further damage. Given its tragic and complicated history, it's no wonder that the Churchill Tunnel is associated with paranormal activity. In fact, it's even associated with the fabled Richmond Vampire. According to a legend, an urban legend, there was a supernatural twist to the collapse of the tunnel. Supposedly, workers who went to rescue the train and its workers reported seeing an unearthly creature with jagged teeth hanging over the destruction, standing over the destruction. The creature then fled the scene and returned to its gravesite at Hollywood Cemetery marked by the name of W.W. Poole. Researchers believe that this vampire was more likely to be a railroad fireman who had suffered burns. Have you seen the haunted Churchill Tunnel in Richmond? What are your thoughts on this fascinating and tragic landmark in the Dominion? So I think it's more um, like urban legends associated with the... um, Yeah. It was probably one of those things where you know, someone said they saw something and they thought the guy looked crazy or, you know, and 
jagged teeth and, you know, full of burns and stuff. And, uh, you know, it goes from like almost like a game of telephone. And eventually it ends up, you know, the guy is, is a vampire, you know, because the word of mouth changes stories and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, a vampire is a lot more fun to talk about than, oh, I just found some, you know, it's just a, a worker. And that was a, that's what happened. Oh, oh, we'll call it a vampire. Maybe it was like a story to, to scare people or whatever. I got, I got a video here that I watched about the Richmond the vampire. See, what, see, see if there's any more information about it on the video here. Yeah. Yeah, like right here. Yeah, it floods a lot. Yeah, there's a creek that is like you have to go through a creek to go to go get it in the east end of the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, when you think about it, like, so why would the vampire? Why would the vampire be there? Like. Did it just show up like when it exploded and like it materialized there and like then it ran? It's like if you can, you know, it doesn't make any sense if you try to think about it logically. So, but I guess it's not really a ghost train, but a ghost tunnel maybe. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. That's true, man. You know, a lot of times you'll you'll hear stories about people witnessing battles, or they'll they'll see soldiers walking, especially at Gettysburg and you know places like that. And it'll be like, oh well, yeah, I saw I saw a soldier. Even like I talked to, or even I talked to a soldier, and like there was no soldiers there, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're going about their business, you know. And uh, uh, sad, you know. But on a lighter note, I know you were you were you were talking about wanting to go to King's Dominion because I went there with RJ the other day, and it's a really fun one of the fun parks, um, Fair Park. But now it's um, no, it is Cedar Fair Park. It was. It used to be it used to be like Hanna Barbera Land and these Smurf, Smurfs and like Yogi Bear, but then they went they went they kind of went uh, belly up and then so Paramount took it over. So it's uh, they do lots of like Star Trek rides and you know stuff like that. But now it's the Cedar Fair Park, so it's like a lot of Snoopy like Snoopy Planet Snoopy and uh, stuff like that. But I would start. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, do you like going on rides, like roller coasters and stuff? Yeah, I mean it. Ha- it happens. Oh no, no. Angie loves those rides, and I am. I c- I can get sick just watching them around it always seems like when you're not feeling good and you, you, you've got and uh, you're on a ride and you know you're gonna throw up it feels it feels like they're taking forever to stop the ride on purpose you're like you've only been there for like two minutes so I'm like I know it's been I've been on here for like an hour what are they doing now it's like now they now you think the people who have the ride doing the ride have a vendetta against you. I'm like, do these people work for Diet Ride or something? What is going on? Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's always the worst thing. I never, like, these, these affair for us in Virginia, it is, um, it's in the fall or in, like, late September, so it's not super hot, you know? Um, but, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a good, I'm not a big fan of uh, spinny rides any time of the year. But it got me thinking about it. You know, we're talking about amusement park rides. I figured we might as well, as our last article, because this is going to be take a while, Talk about the six most terrifying theme parks ride, rides ever built. I mean, if we're going to talk about, if we're going to go on rides, we might as well make them fun, right? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Or what was that 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 theme park in like New Jersey, Action Park, or some shit like that? where it's like that tube that goes around, you know, in a circle, like people are breaking their necks trying to trying to do it. They would they would yeah, they would pay the workers to go down the slide. <laughs> oh my goodness. Action park seems so generic. Like you know, it's it's like the it's like the discount toilet paper of amusement parks. You know, yeah. I mean, we bought a thing of a of a um, toilet paper for the cabin. It was it was it was like cheap stuff, but it was like it's an ultra premium. It's like putting two words together to make it look sound. Let me to make them sound cool. I'm like, I think it's ultra premium action park. I mean, it just sounds something like. Something you would you would uh, you know buy tickets for like at Dollar General or something like that. I guess that's why they have uh, regulations and like uh, kind of like like okay maybe you need to follow these rules and I just you know hammer some shit together and call it Funland and you done with it. Exactly. But there are more there were make safety regulations for some of these. Uh, theme park rides. Uh, the first one, number six, is the original Russian mountains. Got a picture here. Everyone's going down. Let's look at this guy right here. Looks like he's lost to control. Let's see. You know, see the top hat guy and little mustache right there? Russia has a long, proud, terrifying history with roller coasters dating back to the 17th century with something like most likely copious amounts of vodka consumption convinced the Russians that constructing massive wooden scaffolds, putting them in ice, and pushing their children down them would be a great idea. Now, does that sound like fun? Now, you're living in Minnesota. You should probably you might be able to pull that off. Russian mountains are basically giant, nearly five stories tall, Slides built from the most rudimentary materials possible. Even the sleighs were made entirely out of ice. Well, that's interesting. This is the sort of ingenious yet utterly unlikely contraption you like you expect to find in an episode of The Flintstones. Riders would climb up the rickety staircase and fling themselves down on frozen toboggans, which often came complete with purpose 
purposefully place bump at the end just to draw your growing a bit more. They build scaffolding and they make this like almost like a ski jump, cover in ice, and you go down a, uh, a sled that's made of ice. Poor Russians are. <laughs> shit. I know I want to do that shit. That's true, you know. But, you know, I don't think these people are too crazy. So there are, there are safety measures, you know. After, as for safety measures, they consisted of a rope fastened to the sleigh for you to hold on to as you careen down the track at was typically a 50-degree angle and the period's most technologically advanced stopping mechanism. The straw... Yeah, and they would they, they would uh, sprinkle straw at the end of the at the end of the the track to um, stop the sled. Yeah, yeah. The straw was actually sprinkled in small layers at the end of the slide to provide friction, a measure that typically allowed at least one of the several riders to survive any given trip. So at least one of them would survive. Since they relied on ice, Russian mont- mont- mountains were only available during the winter. That is until thrill-seeking Empress Catherine the Great, the Michael Jackson of the 1700s apparently, decided to have her own personal slide built in her backyard and demanded it be usable during the brief portion of the year that Russia isn't a depressing ice sculpture. Laws and nature be damned. The terrified subjects solved the problem by using wheeled cars instead of ice tracks. Thus inventing the modern day roller coaster. And here's a picture of Catherine the Great herself. Yes. Number five, the March March Chunk Railway. What's the longest roller coaster you've you've taken? Two to four minutes probably. And all of it spent, no doubt, tightly pinned down by a chest in a bar in a car that was safely secured to the track. The Monster Chunk Railway in Carbon County, Pennsylvania, had no time for any of that shit. You can't have that. The downhill railway traveled at a maximum speed of 100 miles per hour, propelled entirely by a little thing called gravity. You ever heard of it? It was actually built in 1827 as a cold delivery system. But in a flash of brilliance, the workers had the idea of occasionally filling the cars with children and shoving them down the hill for a quick buck. I mean, you know, you got to make money. This would be a TikTok challenge right here. A single pants-shitting ride in this prehistoric roller coaster lasted something like half an hour, by which time the cars were probably overflowing with occupant tears. So imagine going down a hill. 100 miles an hour for half an hour? I don't know how that's even possible. This created one of the most amazingly intense and dumbfoundingly stupid public attractions of all time, especially considering that the mere ability to secure the car to the track was still some hundred years away from being invented, meaning that the railway was not so much a roller coaster as it was, in the words of roller coaster historians, a runaway train.
Yeah, I mean, plus, you know, roller coasters, they're going up and down really fast, and they get, they got, you know, gravity. You know, if you try to do a train to go up and down like roller coasters do, the freaking, the, the back of the train would probably pop up, you know, going down the hill because they're going at such high speeds. So they've, they've got... Yeah, yeah. What do I mean? Trains are bigger than roller coasters, so they're not really built. Again, they're not built for that, for that, you know, constant up and down. Mm-hmm. And they'll, go, they'll go up a hill, but they go up a hill. And these, I guess they're mining cars as far as, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, they were like, oh, I wouldn't make an extra dollar. Or like, I mean, you know, like, you get the kids, the kids will love it. It's a thrill. Yeah, and that's, and that's the thing. It, it, I, don't, I don't know if anybody's actually killed on it. So it's like, it's, it's, it's dangerous, but it's also, it's, it's the thrill. It's a story. That so you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. We used to, you know, or like, even like wearing seatbelts and stuff. I used to climb out on my parents' back of my parents' station wagon and like lay down and not even worry about it. And, you know, definitely think people should wear seatbelts. I'm just saying that it was just different back when we were growing up. The ride became so popular that it was eventually transformed into a full-time tourist attraction, complete with a hotel and a restaurant at the top of the track, plus a gift shop selling artists' impressions of people flashing their boobs, and what your face looked like at the t- height of the terror, we like to imagine. Yeah, they don't. They don't have the little the the little uh, the camera, so they're like artists, like painting. At some point, the coal cars were replaced by a small train, but it was still completely powered by gravity and human fear. Apparently, the transition from mining rail to roller coaster was mostly a matter of semantics. Uh, Let's see. They did. They did add a stream second steam powered uphill track that could take passengers to the top in only eight minutes. This was a major improvement from the previous 4.5 hours four hour walk. Here's a picture of it. Yeah, picture. It looks like a looks like a looks like a trolley car going down the road. You know what I'm saying? Actually, no, I think this this is actually going taking it up. See people are facing this way. So yeah, that's that's taking that's the taking the, the people up the well up the uh mountain here. The human catapult. Uh, ever wonder what happened to all the catapults once humankind figured out how more efficient ways to hurl the shit at each other? They're probably in some museum or, or something, right? As it turns out one of them, or at least a very good replica, ended up in Middlebore Park in the UK, where people paid $70 to be catapulted into the air in the manner of a medieval projectile. The human trebuchet, as they call it, launched unprotected, unsecured patrons more than 75 feet into a freestanding net suspended between giant poles. This allowed park visitors to recreate the experience of being a human, being a plague-ridden corpse in the Middle Ages. 
There's the little variable right there. In 2002, the trebuchet proved to be exactly as safe as it looked when one man tragically missed the safety net, but despite claiming this might, this might be where it was, but, but despite claiming one life and causing at least one person serious injuries, the deadly attraction, presumably closed now, actually became a huge hit in Japan. This is the part where we act surprised. Let's see. Is there a video to watch? Well, doesn't work. Gad Tower. A ride near Dallas, Texas is so terrifying that it's literally being used to learn more about the nature of fear. It wasn't made by scientists, mind you. They just found it and went, holy shit, let's do some experiences here before they shut it down. Uh, I think I've seen this before. The attraction is located at the Zero Gravity Throw Park, which we're pretty sure might be the sketchiest looking amusement park ever. At first glance, it appears to be little more than a series of puzzling metal structures. But as you get closer, you learn that each of these structures has a clear purpose, scaring the shit out of you. The main attraction is the Suspended Catch Air Device, or SCAD, an unnecessarily complicated name for basically four pillars and a net. I think you just keep dropping down top of the tower. The SCAD go that went too far. The SCAD works just like just like the Superman drop or the Tower of Terror in that you it takes you high up and then lets you drop with this small difference that in this case you're not actually attached to anything during the drop. Basically the whole mechanism consists of a person who takes you to the top and then lets you fall off. See yeah, this works. You see him looking up, maybe look. Watch a video on the SCAD tower here. See if he measures, but I don't know. They don't want you to see. The ride is so intensely disturbing that it has actually been used by medical professor David Engelman to test how the brain's perception of time changes during near-death experiences. Because you don't know you're going to survive it until, until you uh, you actually survive it. You know? When I'm on roller coasters, I don't think about I never think I'm going to die on a roller coaster. But I might think I'm, I'm going to die on here. Number two, the terrible trio. The 1920s was a great time for roller coasters, but not so much for the people riding them. Apparently, not killing people wasn't as much of a priority back then as mentally scaring them, scarring them for life. A prime example of this comes in the terrible trio of roller coasters designed by amusement park tycoon Harry G. Traver. There he is, good old Harry G. right there. The trio consisted of the Cyclone in Ontario, Canada, Lightning in Revere, Massachusetts, and another cyclone in Fort Lee, New Jersey. Traver specifically designed these coasters to be as unsafe as possible while not breaking any existing regulations, resulting in monstrously twisted nozzle and wood that stood like giant monuments to an unloving god. Two of the three caused at least one death within their first two days of operation. 
That kind of looks like Twisted Timbers at King's Dominion. No. No, it's, it's basically like if someone, like a little kid, could design a roller coaster. I mean, look at the wood. There's like there's one piece of wood hanging off right here. Good God. Oh, uh, no. But you got it. You got to break a few eggs, I guess. Um, one of those two deaths was on the cyclone, which literally tore itself apart on a regular basis from how vicious vicious it was, meaning that it couldn't meaning that it couldn't rate on a normal schedule. Its opening hours were whenever we patched it together enough to work. Once it did manage to hold together, the G forces it generated were so fast that passengers frequently passed out while riding it. A nurse was kept on a cyclone station at all times. In all likelihood, this was in as much of a publicity stunt as it was an insurance necessity. See that? See that? TikTok challenges. Go on the cyclone at in Ontario. You look at this. It, it's taken a long time to build. You look at the structure right there. It's not like something you just put up in a day. You know? I wonder how long. Like I wonder how long it took to build these things. But if the cyclone resembled a hospital, the Revere Beach Lightning was a shady, shady back alley clinic. Its violent side-to-side motions were so intense that the phrase "take her on a take her on the lightning" actually became slang for abortion around the Boston area. That's hardcore. That is holy, holy shit. Yeah, those roller coasters, those wooden coasters are, are rough, man. They have a, there's a, a coaster called the Grizzly in uh, King's Dominion, and they retract it, and apparently it's a lot smoother, but it felt like you were in a car accident when you ride that thing. And it would, you know, I would ride it just because it's an old coaster and it's a ride of passage type thing. Like, you got to ride the Grizzly. Almost like, a, you know, how you punished yourself when you're, when you spin, you know, that's, that was my, that was my punishment. You gotta ride the grizzly. Uh, so, but apparently, no one talked about having abortions on the grizzly. So maybe it's not as not as not as rough as this ride is. Finally, the New Jersey cyclone didn't live up to the high standards of its baby-killing, self-mutilating, self-mutilating brothers. I know, right? But only because it had it was demolished by a wise park proprietor before it could do any harm. It was replaced by an unrelated coaster of the same name, probably an attempt to exercise the terrain. I guess they never got never got to use the third one. And number one, Action Park. There we go. Action Park is one of the most infamous ideas ever to come out of New Jersey, and that's counting those who currently broadcast on MTV and VH1. It's hard to believe that it really existed, and yet the evidence is undeniable. More specifically, we're talking about the death toll of six people and hundreds of serious injuries it caused between 1978 and 1996. Look at that. That's like a straight down shit right there. 
But that's the thing, though, back in, like, the 70s and 80s, man, it was, you know, you, you took a risk. You took a risk doing stuff. Like, the the most, like, I can talk about that was, like, going to remember McDonald's, you used to have the outdoor playgrounds, and everything was made of metal and, like, and it was, you, you make it hurt. You know, you make it hurt. If you're stupid, you make it hurt, you know, if you – but you, you, yeah, and you had you knew not to do certain things like the like those remember those like carousels looking thing it was like uh, a circle and it had like bars on it and you and you run and you get start spinning really fast and if you know you let go you're gonna fall down you could break something it was like made of metal and if you go down the slide like in the summertime. It could seriously give you third degree burns, but you took that risk. Melt off onto the onto the slide, but it's a risk a chance you were willing to take to go down that that ten feet down that slide and have the fill of your life. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or like you go like the giant grimace in the you know you go in and shake and it's all made of metal and you know you would, maybe that's why people are doing these challenges because they don't they don't have what we had growing up. You know they're they're looking for something to you know stand out or make them make their life meaningful. Drinking out of the garden hose, not freaking. Uh, washing your hands every five minutes, you know? It's just it's just a different way of life, man. It's it's crazy. And I'm you know, I'm not saying that, yeah, as long as you can hear your mom calling you. Um exactly. And, you know, obviously these parks, like safety like action park, you know, they had to take some safety measures and stuff, but you know the park seemed to have put so little effort into making the attraction, attraction safe that even the operators, mostly leering teenagers, were afraid to go near them. Take, for example, the infamous Cannonball Loop, a massive water slide which sent, which sent riders out of an insanely long drop straight into a loop nearly 15 feet in diameter. That's just like something like kids would put together in their backyard, you know? Leave it, leave it up. God. The amount of force built by such a loop was easily enough to break bones, as evidenced by the bones it broke. And also the time when a crash test dummy was put through the slide and came out in three pieces. As a reminder, crash test dummies are specifically made to be difficult to break. Cannonball loop was actually in operation for very, for very short periods before the constant injuries forced the owners to close it down but it remained near the entrance as a reminder of the insanity of Action Park. Man park, man dries, drown, dries. Man, man drowns in pool at Action Park. You know what I, you know what I never understood the point of? Our wave, wave pools. And it's, 
They don't. It's not like you're at the beach where you get a raise, you wave, you ride it in on the boogie board. You can't do that. You can't take boogie boards into a water park. But everyone goes to the wave pool. All it does is send a uh, send a like a little like wave of water. You go up, and then you go down. But there are a ton of people in there, and it just comes to me. It becomes a, a giant toilet. That's all I'm thinking about if I'm in a wave pool. Is oh my god, how much pee am I standing in right now? No, it is got it's got to be so. Uh, and these are kids, basically, uh, in charge of your life. And they, they and they you know they have life jackets and stuff like that. So for the most part, you should be safe. But you know, there's always that one. Yeah. You know everything you need to know. I mean, I know they have like at least maybe two, uh, two rest, two lifeguards at the one at King's Dominion. Um, they got to kind of have because it's such a big pool. They got to have people on either side of the thing. Um, the park had no shortage of dangerous attractions, though, like the Alpine Slide, a zigzagging cement ditch, taking down the side of a mountain. Riders could control the speed of their flimsily constructed sleds without any sort of supervision, which is made even more dangerous by the fact that the ditch lacked any any sort of railings or paddings of any kind. Also, there was no such thing as a seatbelt, because he needs those. Rider speed and the general disinterest of the operators made the ideal roaming ground for packs of bullies. Made it, made it the ideal roaming ground for packs of bullies. Cutting out seatbelts and technicians from the budget probably made this one of the cheapest air rides ever, but with a safe and precaution, they lost in lawsuits alone reported more than 40 injuries and one death during just two years of rides. The tracks were eventually torn down by later owners, at which point they probably found dozens of bodies buried underneath. And finally, there is the tidal wave pool and its three-foot-tall artificial waves, which required 12 active lifeguards on duty at all times and still accounted for half the deaths in the park. Had Action Park continued to exist, we're probably pretty sure the entire population of New Jersey would have been depleted by now. We'll let you decide if that's a good thing or not. So those are the six most terrifying theme park rides. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can do. I've got another on my mind with CR Zarn podcast right there. But I am going to end the show here. Um, I think we've talked enough about fun stuff. My, I'm gonna get some lunch. I am hungry. Yeah, yeah. We talked about the the joys of drinking diet right. You know, alcohol. Yeah, Karen, uh, Adrian was talking about doing the doing a show about on accidents at Disney. Maybe do Disney a Disney show. 
Disney lore and superstitions and, you know, stuff like that. That'd be awesome. Okay. Awesome. We'll have to work on that. So, see you later. All right. Thanks again for coming on. All right. Have a good night. Bye. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. And I will see you Monday. Don't forget to turn into On My Mind with CR and Adrian tomorrow night. I think they're talking about sports, like park rangers with um, docks, Zarn. And um, and CR has this train show on Saturday as well. And I've got the freaking awesome paranormal show with uh, Dana Marie Vollmer on Tuesday night. And I'll probably do some more supernatural news at some point. Anyways, hope you guys have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.